0: You're listening to a Centro Church Podcast. I shared a message, uh, a message called uh, uh, A Legacy of Vision. And we looked at uh, what you see or where you focus your eyes on. That's where you're going to end up, right? Where you're looking toward, that's where you are going. That's where you go this morning. I kind of want to do, it's kind of like a part two or, or, or the, the next add-on. And I want to preach a thought this morning called The Legacy of Mission. A Legacy of Mission. If vision is to see, then mission is to do. If vision is to see, then mission is to do. Uh, Unless there is a response to vision, the destination will only be seen and not experienced. But I want to experience amazing things in God. I want the next generation to experience amazing things in God. And it means this, it means that I can't just see it, but I have to move toward it. I love that um, age old story, and a lot of you probably know it if you don't. I'm, I'm gonna tell it the story of the three bricklayers. Uh, brick it's a story that came from the 1700s. And it was it a was uh, story of this man walking down the road, and he sees three people doing a job laying bricks. And he says to the first person, What are you doing? And the man responds and says, Oh, I'm, I'm laying bricks so I can get paid and go home. <coughs> he goes, oh, okay, no worries. Goes to, the, goes to the second person and says, What are you doing? And the guy says, oh, I'm a builder and I'm building a wall. That's what I do. Okay, cool. Guess with the third person? He says, what are you doing? And the third person says, I'm laying bricks because I'm building a cathedral. Right? Three people doing the exact same three things. Yet two of them, uh, yet one of them, why they were doing it was very different to the other two. One person did it for a pay packet. Another person did it as a career. But the third person did it as a calling. They can see the bigger picture. I want to be a big picture kind of person. I want to be someone who isn't laying bricks every day just because it's what I do. I don't want to be a person that just does whatever I do because that's how I know to do it. But I want to be a person on mission. I want to be a person who can see the big picture. There's a big picture to raising kids. Can you see it? Maybe you're a mum here this morning and, and, and you know, you're at home every day with the kids. Right? Don't get so drowned in just, this is what I'm just doing, this I'm doing. Ah. See the bigger picture. Who are you creating? What are you doing? Uh, maybe, you're, uh, maybe you're a teacher. Uh, maybe you're a first responder or, or a nurse or a doctor. Maybe you're retired. Uh, maybe you're a student. Whatever kind of bricks you lay, don't lay bricks just because we lay bricks. Lay bricks with the mission. Be purposeful about when you wake up. When you wake up, are you waking up with, oh man, I've got to go lay bricks. Or are you waking up with, man, I get to go lay bricks. <laughs> right? Are you waking up with mission? Are you waking up with something to do because you've got people to see and you've got a community to impact? That's very different to waking up and just doing what you've always done for a long time. Yeah. right? Be purposeful. Be a purpose. Uh, be a person with Mission, because what you are doing and why matters. We're all laying proverbial bricks, but are you laying bricks for a payday or for a career or obligation, or is there a calling and a mission behind what you do? And so my question for you this morning is this. My question is, are you living from a conviction of mission? Are you making decisions in such a way that there is mission behind what you are deciding to do? Are you living in such a way where there is purpose for your career, where there is purpose for your family, and there's purpose for your finances, and there's purpose when you come to church? Are you living like that? Because living a life on mission simply means this. It means that there's purpose. It means that whatever I'm doing, wherever I'm going... There is purpose and there's reason. And I want to preach to this today. And uh, I want to inspire you. I want to equip you. I want to encourage you that every single one of us, when we wake up tomorrow morning, we're waking up with? Purpose. Mission. Right? There is a reason. Someone said purpose. It's all good. It's the same thing. When we wake up tomorrow, we're waking up with? Purpose. purpose right? Right? You liked that one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Like, I got a smile from Jonathan. Yes. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, last couple of weeks, we've uh, mentioned King Solomon. And we've uh, taken our scripture from, uh, from the book of Kings. And we've talked about Solomon, how he was this man of wisdom and uh, built this great temple. In 1 Kings 5, it says this. Solomon says, So, I'm planning to build a temple to honour the name of the Lord my God. Solomon has a plan. He says, I've got this plan and I want to honour God. I've got this plan that I want to leave a legacy. I have this dream. I have this vision. I've I've got a plan. I've got the blueprint. But then in 1 Kings 6, it says this. It was in the mid-spring, in the month of Ziv, which is between uh, 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 April and May. In the month of Ziv... During the fourth year of Solomon's reign, that he began to construct the temple of the Lord. And so Solomon moves from vision to mission. There has to come a point in time where you turn your plan into something that you're doing. There's no point, uh, you know, maybe there's no point planning to get yourself out of debt and just having a plan. You're not going to get out of debt if you just have a plan. But who knows that you have to act upon that plan, right? There's no point wanting uh, good relationships in your life where you've got good friends. There's no point planning that if you're not going out, number one, being a good friend yourself, <laughs> right? And number two, making sure that the people that you're hanging out, uh, hanging out with are good people that can s- s- sow into your life. Plans mean nothing without purpose. Plans mean nothing without Doing and so Solomon has a plan, but then he does it. Maybe you're planning on better health this year, right? Maybe you're planning that you know I'm I'm going to get healthy. Uh, Who knows that you can have the plan, but still find yourself in the drive-through of (laughs) mackers, right? (laughs) If there's no action, there's no action toward it, right? Who knows you're not going to get there, yeah? Uh, There needs to be a mission. There needs to be a a, a doing. And so Solomon has this plan and he goes on mission. And then the Queen of Sheba comes along. And in 1 Kings 10 it says this, when the Queen of Sheba realised how very wise Solomon was and when she saw the palace that he had built, she was overwhelmed. Praise the Lord your God, she says. Solomon has a plan. Solomon has a mission. He fulfils that plan and he gets stuff done. And it's that stuff done that impacts people. The Queen of Sheba is overwhelmed because Solomon got stuff done. Who knows that if we want to overwhelm our city with the good things of God, we need to get stuff done. We can't just have a plan for city transformation. Having it on our website, what do we believe? We believe that we have one heart for one mission for community transformation. That means squat if we don't get that stuff done. Having a great mission statement doesn't get stuff done. Working hard gets stuff done. right? Following through with the plan gets stuff done. It's time for us to get stuff done. Why? Because people respond to mission. They do. People respond to it. Uh, Just last week, I was in a meeting with uh, 25 other business leaders in our city. And I got to share uh, about Hannah's house. Uh, For ten minutes about you know who we are and what we do and things like that, but uh, because I had their attention for the first five minutes, I actually just uh, talked about myself and just introduced who I am, where I'm from, and what I'm about. And for about twenty to twenty five seconds, I got to share about my faith because uh, my faith. I told them you know my faith is central to everything that I do. So I told these business leaders, I said you know uh, uh, my faith is central to everything I do. Uh, I said I'm a follower of Jesus, and, and and my whole goal in life is to take on his benevolence and his love for other people. And, uh, and so that's why I do what I do. Every day I'm trying to become more like him because uh, he, he is amazing and he's changed my life. And so I shared this for 20 seconds, I said that. And then I talked about Hannah's house. I talked about mission, right? At the very end, we did Q&A. And uh, this one lady stands up, doesn't ask a question. She made a statement. She said this. She said, Tim, if more people adopted your faith, there'd be less problems in the world. Then she sat down. And I thought... <laughs> Come on, praise the Lord, right? People respond to mission, right? Why does he say that? Because there was mission, right? People respond to mission, right? Let's be people who are mission-focused because mission builds legacy. All great legacies start with a plan, but if all you have is a plan, you'll have no action, right? Then you only have a good idea. And good ideas never change the world. Implemented plans change the world. And we're here to implement some change in our families, in our finances, in our mental health, and in our city. Amen? Yeah. Right? Let's be people that do it. We don't just talk about it. Proverbs fourteen twenty three says, Work brings profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. Living a life of mission is working hard towards something. Living a life without purpose, right, just leads to poverty. Maybe some of us have a poverty of joy because we haven't been working in the good times on joy. And so when we come up against the giants, when we come up against challenges, we're depleted. You can still have joy through the hard times. But who knows that you have to cultivate it during the good times, right? So you have a reserve. There's a working hard that needs to happen in your Christian walk. There's a working hard that needs to happen in your life. And so I want to just uh, share this morning five things. Because the next question is this. Well, how do I live on mission? What is my mission? What is my purpose? All those kind of questions start to come right when we're talking about the legacy of mission. How do I leave a legacy mission? What is mission? And so I want to share, because I can't, I can't tell you what your purpose is, right? I can just tell you that God has a plan for your life and it's a life for good things, Right Now there is a general mission for every single person that we would be co-ministers, co-missioned right, to, to sh- share the good news. Right, So there is a general calling for all of us. There's also a specific calling and that's for you and God uh, to, to talk about. But what I, what I do want to share this morning is five things that uh, over the course of my life I've just adopted and I, it leads certainly to you waking up every morning being on mission. So I just want to share five things that, you know, looking back that I've just implemented and I hope that if, if you just implement these really easy things as well, you're going to find that tomorrow morning when, when you wake up, there's going to be mission. As soon as you step out of that bed, as soon as your eyes open up, eye of the tiger, right? There's going to be mission behind what you do. Number one, number one, the mission starts with God. The mission starts with God. Colossians 1 says this, verse 16. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything, everyone say everything, Everything. got started in Him and finds its purpose, its mission in Him. Which means this, I've lived by this, right? Which means this, it's not about me. That's what it means. If I want to find mission for my life, I've got to get my eyes off myself, right? Mission starts with God, right? it it means it's not about me, which actually is very freeing. It's very freeing, it's not about me. So I don't know if you've asked these questions. I certainly have. Questions like, you know, how am I going to get myself out of this problem? (laughs) You know, uh, questions like, uh, what does this mean for me? Uh, How am I going to get through? Uh, What do I want to do? What goals and dreams do I have for my future? Uh, and it's all about me, it's all about self. I want to say this this morning, self is the wrong starting point, right? If your mission starts with you, you're starting at the wrong location. Self is the wrong starting point. You can read all the self-help books that you want that have ever been printed, but they aren't going to fix certain areas of your life. If you're on purpose, they're not going to give you purpose because they all start from the wrong place. Self, Check this out. Jesus says this 2,000 years ago. He says, self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way. My way to finding yourself, your true self. If you want to know what your purpose is on life, is here on earth, stop looking at yourself. The created being can never define what it's created for. But only the creator gives us purpose. And so if you want to live a life of mission, it has to start with God. Because he's the great missionary. God is the great mission giver. It all starts with God. If I'm looking at my own life going, how am I going to get through this? I'm starting at the wrong place. I've got to start with God. Because God is the great beginner of all. We have to give up on ourselves and give in to God. Uh, last year, we went on a family holiday into Tasmania. And uh, we had two motorhomes. And uh, we had to pull in to uh, get some food and stuff and fill, fill up the motorhomes for the next few days. And so we got to a city called Devonport. Anyone been to Devonport? It's real pretty. And uh, so we had to go to Coles. And so we found Coles. And that was in the CBD and, uh, but it was hard trying to get two motorhomes through the CBD of Devonport and uh, so my wife who was in the car with me said oh, do you want me to google map to get around the shopping centre to get around the block because I'm like oh we'll just find a parking base somewhere and I said I don't need no GPS I can go around a block you just turn right four times right? Anyone, everyone knows that I don't need the GPS I'm not that dumb right? put it away I'll do it myself. And so I get round, I, I turned the first right. And as I turned the first right, I realised, hang on a minute, I think I need a GPS. <laughs> because the road went left and up. And there was a sign saying 17 degrees. Not cold, but up. Who knows, big motorhomes don't go up 17 degrees, right? They go up 2 degrees. And uh, so halfway up, I got the motorhomes stuck. And so I'd created Devonport's first ever traffic jam. <laughs> and and uh, uh, eventually uh, we got the motorhomes unstuck off, off the hill and uh, we picked up our food and off our left and, and, and off we went. And uh, I don't know, if, if for those who are married here, has your spouse ever said something to, to you without saying something to you? Do you know what I'm saying? You know, The whole, whole time I'm driving, I could hear my wife. She wasn't saying it, but I could hear her saying... You should have put the GPS on you, idiot. And uh, Well she said "idiot." She didn't say, no, no no. no. <laughs> she was saying things without saying things. And uh, I got myself in that problem because of this pride. I didn't want someone else telling me what to do. I didn't want someone else. I knew where. I knew where to go. Turn right four times, and I'm back where I started. That's what I wanted to happen. But in that situation, I needed someone to actually give me clear direction because I got lost and I got stuck. And I think so many of us in life get lost or we get stuck because we don't let anyone else in. I can do this myself. I can get through this trouble. I can get through some of these uh, circumstances. I can do it all. Keep it in the family. Don't tell anyone. We'll get through it together. No, you won't. You'll find yourself stuck. You'll find yourself creating unnecessary traffic jams in your life because you're not letting anyone else in. When it comes to life, if you've gone through some difficult times, find some people that you trust and let them in. Get over your pride. Self-help is no help at all. Right? Jesus says that. And so let's let people into our life. Let's let God into our life. It's a great starting point. Starting itself is the wrong. Paul says, "This is the church in Ephesus." He says, "It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for." Long before we first heard of Jesus and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us, had designs for glorious living, part of the overall purpose He is working at in everything and everyone. Right? If you want to uh, figure out how to leave a legacy of mission, then get your eyes off yourself and get them onto Jesus. Right? Because Jesus has had his eyes on you for a very, very long time. And his eyes are full of mission. His eyes are full of life. His his eyes are full of uh, 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 um, uh, 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 um, an abundance. That's what he has for you. But so often I think we get stuck on the hill of the Lord. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. We get stuck and we create a traffic jam. Because we haven't let anyone else come in to help us. Number two, the mission should make God smile. Are you making God smile? Ephesians 5 says this. Figure out what will please Christ, then do that. If you're looking, oh, what's my purpose in life? Just do this. Figure out what will make Jesus smile, and just do that. That's a good place to start from. Hello? Right? It's a good place to start from. What will make God happy? I'm just going to do that, that's a great starting point, right? Imagine if we asked that kind of question, right? Is Jesus happy about this with things that we do in life, right? Imagine if before an argument we stopped and said, "Would Jesus be happy with this argument right now?" Right? It's a good question to ask. Uh, maybe uh, b- before you go and on, onto that, uh, 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 search that side out, or go onto your phone late at night by yourself, might, would Jesus be happy right now with the decision I'm about to make? Right? Uh, maybe uh, someone's just cutting you off in traffic. And you want to just give them a little bit of a wave. <laughs> would Jesus be happy with that right now? You know? <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe someone's told you something about someone. And you know something that no one else knows. And it's this news, right? And um, people need to know. That. Do they really? Do, would Jesus be happy with this right now? Right? You got this information that you want to share and tell everyone. You got the power in it. Would Jesus be happy with that? It's a great place to start from if you're looking for things to do in your life and have mission. Ask yourself the question: Is what I'm doing bringing a smile to the face of Jesus? Uh, Noah brought a smile to the face of God in Genesis six eight. It says, "But Noah was a pleasure to the Lord." Right. So, so so Noah's life was pleasurable to God and put a smile on his face. Noah lived in a time where the Bible says that there was. Everyone was wicked. Everyone was only uh, uh, after their own pleasure. Uh, they were making decisions just for their own pleasure. And, uh, but one person, Noah, put a smile on God's face in a time like that where everyone was selfish. How did he do it? Genesis 6.9 says that Noah was a righteous man. The only blameless person living on earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. How do you put a smile on God's face? You live a blameless life and in closeness with him. That's how you do it. If you want to live a life of legacy, a life on mission, live a blameless life and live close to Him. The missional mindset requires us to change how we think about pleasure. Let me say this, right? We need to move from what pleasures will make me happy to how much pleasure is God getting out of my life. If we can move our uh, focus from ourselves to God, you're going to be waking up with mission. Number three, uh, the mission is to become more like Christ. right? The mission starts with God. The mission is to make God smile because really our mission is to become more like Christ. In Galatians 2.20, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. God has not designed us only to fulfill all of our own desires all the time. Because who knows that if I'm just getting all the things that I want all the time, eventually I'm going to want more and more. Desire is never quenched, people. I'll, I'll be hungry later on and I'll eat. I'm going to be hungry again. Desire is never quenched, right? I really believe that God has us here because he wants to develop character in us. And what's that character? It's the character of Christ. That I would not become like my own sinful nature, but I would become like Christ's righteous nature. I'm not becoming Jesus, but I'm becoming like Christ. That when people see my life, they should be able to read scripture and go, oh wow, it's very similar. (laughs) That's the kind of life that we are called to live. It's not about having more pleasure, more toys, more money, more tech, and more for me. Right? But it's about that we would be on mission to be more like Christ. Left like myself and more like him. There's three words that you find through scripture for the word love. The first one is the word eros. This is going to be fun for your sign language in this one, isn't it? The second word is the word filio. Yeah. And the third word is agape. Oh, she did it. Come on, give it. That was fantastic. That, that was fantastic. <laughs> She can sign in English and in Greek. There we go. Come on, woman of many talents. Uh, eros is the love between a man, uh, but, but between the husband and his wife, vice versa. It's it's uh, a sexual intimacy. It's intimacy between two people, and we see that in scripture. And uh, it's it's, it's a, praise the Lord for that. Uh, the second uh, word is the word filio, which is the love that a uh, that a brother has. For a brother, for sister, for a sister, it's a, you have my back, I've got yours. It's, it's a, that, that, that friendship, love, band of brothers. The third word agape means that I'm going to give to you and expect nothing in return. That's what it means. Imagine a marriage built on agape love. A marriage will only last a moment built on eros love. It'll last a little bit longer built on filio, but it'll last forever built on agape. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Right? Imagine a friendship built on agape love where, you know what, I'm going to be the best friend that you've ever had. And I'm going to expect nothing in return. But then that person says, you know what, I'm going to be the best friend and expect nothing in return. Imagine a family built on agape love. Imagine a church built on agape love. Well, you know what, I'm going to come every Sunday, every Sunday every uh, midweek for Connect Group, every time the church is doing something, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be there and I'm just going to give who I am and what I've got to bring. And I'm going to expect nothing in return. Imagine that kind of church. Who wants to be in that church? Yeah. Come on, I want to be. Okay, so all those hands up. Just keep your hand up. And uh, all the team leaders, just look right now. And, uh, <laughs> right? Because number four, the mission is to serve. Right. That's the mission. The mission starts with God. It's to make Him happy because we're becoming more like Christ. And Christ is about service. Mark 10.43. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. We serve God by serving other people. You know, the world defines greatness when someone has power and prominence and popularity and position and prestige and possessions and the world defines that you are great by how many people you can get to serve you. That's how the world defines greatness. How many people are serving you? Jesus flips that and he says, actually, that's not how the kingdom of God is. Actually, the greatest people in the kingdom of God is how many people are they serving? That's what makes you great in the kingdom. Now, we've got, what, 80 years roughly on this planet, give or take. Then we go into eternity. Eternity. That's a long, long time. Would you rather be great for 80, or great forever? (laughs) I don't know about you, but I want to leave a great legacy. I want to leave something great that lasts eternity. I don't want to just be great and it just die with myself. But I want to leave something great, right? How does it happen? Through service. Peter says it this way he says God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts use them well to serve one another that's what he says he doesn't say you know just use them if people are desperate he doesn't say you know if you don't want to then you don't need to no no Peter says use your gifts well to serve others to serve other people you know, last Sunday night we got here. and we We're going to worship the Lord. It was going to be awesome, but they had no drummer, and uh, we had a great band. It was going to be awesome. It was going to be fantastic. And uh, it was about a minute to go, and I just said to Matthew, "I said, hey Matt, I can play drums. Want me to play?" He said, "Yes." So I got up and I played drums because I can hit things in time. Right? That's what I'm good at. I've got that gift. Right? And so I did it. I still serve. <laughs> I'm serving right now, you know. um, But I still served, you know. Maybe you have a gift. Maybe you're good at cooking things. Right? We have a hospitality team that would love for you to join. Maybe you're good at greeting people on the door. This morning I got a great welcome from Sam here. Right? Sam's on the door. He's in the welcome team. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Sam. Right? A little legend, you know. Mate, Sam's using his gifts. In our church, right? What gifts do you have? What can you bring to the table? What can you bring to the family table and, and serve our church, serve our community? Right? Mission starts with service. And number five, uh, mission starts with God it's to make God smile. The mission is become more like Christ. What does Jesus do? He serves. Because number five, the mission is to make Jesus famous. That's our mission. I think if we live like that, where every morning I'm waking up and God's first, I want to make Him smile today. So I'm going to become more like Christ, His Son, and I'm going to serve other people because I want to make Jesus famous. That's how I live. I think if you live like that too, you're going to find that every single day, as soon as you open your eyes, there's going to be mission. It's not going to be, ah, I've got another day. It's going to be, yes, are these guys ready for me? Right? There's going to be mission. There's going to be purpose. There's going to be power uh, for you to walk in. Um, A couple of years ago at our state pastors conference, uh, we had the Archbishop of Hobart speak uh, to all of our Pentecostal pastors. And it was fantastic. And I had the privilege of driving this guy to the airport from Sunshine Coast to the airport. Uh, Father Julian Porteous is his name. And uh, so I had an hour and a half with the Archbishop of Hobart. It was fantastic, it was a privilege. And I asked him this question of many questions, but I asked him, I said, Hey, what do you think the future of the church is? And he said this. He said, The church will be like leaven in the bread. That's all he said. And he just stared forward at the front of the car. And I'm sure for about a minute there was silence. I'm waiting for him to expand. But he didn't. And uh, So I broke the tension. I said, Father Julian, uh, you know, I know what it means, but just so I can preach this one day. Uh, what do you mean? by the church is the leaven. I know what it is, but just give me some clarity. He said, he said, when you have no leaven in the bread, you can taste it and you can see that it's not there, but you can't see it. It's invisible. It's this invisible ingredient that gives it flavor and helps it rise and things like that. You said, that's what the church will become. It'll be this invisible ingredient in our yeah. communities that give flavor and help the community rise. Like, wow. Right. So cool. I want us to be the leaven in our community. Right? We might be invisible sometimes. But how about let's give some amazing flavor. It's time for you to live a life of mission, that every day you are waking up and you're going, man, I'm going to wrestle life to the floor today. I'm going to dominate this thing. And no matter what giants, no matter what circumstances I face, no matter what happens, I've got got an abundance of joy. I've got an abundance of faith. And I've got an abundance of hope. And I'm on mission. Bring it on. That's the kind of church that I think you Uh, Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast.